Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Welcome, my friends, to this episode, which is all about your life manual. Now, you may not have heard of this concept before, but I'm going to go through it with you here in this episode. So we're going to be discussing how we all have a life manual in life and how this impacts the way that we see and experience the world around us. So I'm going to be introducing this idea. We've got this life manual and we use this manual to navigate ourselves throughout life. Now, this manual is different for each and every one of us, and even people in the same family can end up with a completely different life manual that we use to help us make decisions and that always influences our thoughts and feelings in life. So to give you an example of how a life manual can look completely different to different people, let me just start by showing you a few examples of things that have ended up in my own personal manual in life. Now, I should note that no one's manual is right or wrong. But to us, it feels like a truth. It feels like our truth. It's just at least our truth based on our personal experiences. So over the years, I've created this manual that I've gathered information from all the experiences that I've had in my life. And it sort of has helped me form this opinion on the way that I can best live my life based on some of the things that I've experienced. And these things have ended up in my manual. So these are the things that over time I've come to the conclusion are the things that feel true to me. They feel right, they feel natural, and they help me work at my best potential. Also, I believe, okay, that everyone has their own manual in life and they all have different things written inside it. So just to give you an example of some things that have ended up in my manual, I think that it's really polite to say hello when you see someone, to always say please and thank you. I think it's kind to give people lots of notice if I want to cancel an appointment. I think that people should be prompt and timely if they're catching up with someone. I think that partners should always be honest with each other, even if that truth sometimes hurt. I think that kids should listen when they're asked to do something that's totally reasonable, like having a particular thing for dinner or getting ready for school or doing their homework. And if someone behaves terribly to me, I think that the best way to approach this is to walk away and just reduce my contact with that person in the future. I feel like it's also important when someone calls you or contacts you or leaves you a message that you should do your best to respond in a timely manner instead of just pretending that that call or message didn't happen. So these are just some of the things that have fallen into my manual over time and you could be sitting there going, oh, totally, I agree with you. You might be nodding your head and thinking, well, that makes perfect sense. You might think, of course, that's the way that all people should behave. And you're going to notice that we're going to say the word should. There's a lot of shoulds that end up in our manual. But the reality is, is that we all have different ideas formed from our experiences in life. And someone could have a completely different story written in their own life manual. A person might think that they don't actually owe anyone an explanation if they want to cancel or catch up. And they might feel no guilt whatsoever about doing it at the very last minute. And in their mind, this could be a totally okay thing to do because that was what they maybe experienced themselves as a child or a teen or growing up. They could have had parents who, when faced with a last minute cancellation, thought, oh my gosh, this is such good news. Now we can do something different. We can do something really fun. As opposed to me, my dad was very punctual and liked to keep his word. And if someone cancelled, he thought it was really rude and disrespectful. 
And so for whatever reason, I sort of took on that same feeling. Okay. It ended up in my manual, not saying it's right or wrong. It just did. You might also have someone that came from a family that was habitually late to events and they didn't attach any value to punctuality. Or maybe they grew up in a family that was always stressed about being on time and they decided, well, I'm going to discard that rule because it doesn't actually work for me. And in the future, I'm going to go with the flow. Just something to note is that you don't always mimic your parents. Not everything that they try to teach you ends up in your manual. They could have had a way of doing things that you just didn't agree with and you learned from a very young age that when you grow up, you wanted to do things differently. And that's how we end up with siblings who come from that same family and someone might really value punctuality and there could be someone who when they're 15 or 30 or 45 minutes late, it's not really a big deal because we're all basing our own conclusions. But we get to decide what goes in our manual and you could have people coming from the same family that have completely different books at the end. You could have another person in this world who doesn't actually think that honesty is always necessary. Remember, that ended up in my manual. But for someone else, honesty might be something that actually has hurt them in the past. They might have experienced honesty in a different form and thought, oh, do you know what? That's actually really rude. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. They may have chosen instead to think that it was better to keep your thoughts and opinions to yourself. And sometimes it might fester beneath the surface because in their manual, it's better to keep negative opinions quiet It's better to be quiet rather than being really vocal about thoughts that could potentially hurt someone else's feelings. And as for that expectation of having kids listen to you all the time, well, you could have other people who decided, you know what, that's a pretty crappy rule. I don't want to write that in my manual. Maybe they think it's okay for kids to disagree. It's okay for kids to say no at times. It's okay for kids to voice their own opinions, have their own feelings and thoughts and to challenge parents. That could be something that they really respected. They may have grown up in a similar environment to mine or one that was completely different. But either way, when it came to deciding what they wanted to write in their manual, remember they're writing it themselves. They rewrote that part to allow kids to have more freedom and a voice. You could have one person who had parents who expected them to be obedient all the time and then they decide, okay, I'm going to want the same thing in my manual. That's what I expect. And you could have another person who goes, do you know what? That actually doesn't feel so good. It actually hurt me to have to be obedient all the time without consideration for my feelings. So I'm going to write something different. And you could also have someone who doesn't think the same way as I do about toxic people. They may choose to think that toxic people should be forgiven and accepted and understood and that we should turn a blind eye to this particular behavior. You could have someone who every person in their life was toxic and to them it was their normal. So when it comes to future experiences with toxic people, they register, okay, this is no surprise, I'm used to this, no need to delete that person from my life because they resemble everyone else that I've ever encountered so far. And when it comes to that example of me thinking that, you know, returning calls and messages really promptly, you could have another person who thinks, well, what's a rush? You know, I can chat with them later next time I see them. And if it's important enough, they can call me again. So as you can see, when it comes to manuals, I noted that we all have a different manual about life. And inside this manual, we have different chapters. We've got one on parenting, relationships, on work, on money, on health. We've written notes on every single important area on our life. And now for the light bulb moment. Most of the grief and frustration that we experience in this world comes from the fact that our manuals don't match up with other people. We think that the manual that we have written over time is the right one and that everyone else should follow this manual. And when they don't follow the rules that are in our book, we get upset. But guess what? People have their own manuals in life and they're thinking that their manual is the right one and that we should be abiding by the rules written in their book. 
So it really helps to understand that all your opinions and thoughts and expectations and beliefs that you have in this world are unique to you. No one else feels exactly the same way as you do. So when you enter a relationship, you are going to come into it with this set of expectations that was formed way before you ever met that person. And your partner is going to come into that relationship with his or her own manual, which ideally has a similar vibe to it, you know, especially for the chapter in relationships. But guess what? It's never exactly the same. There's always differences that we need to work through. And it comes from a mismatch in the manuals and expectations that we have about the way that relationships should work. So I'm actually going to share with you an example from my own relationship chapter. So it turns out that in my manual, in this relationship chapter, I had added this little special mention to the fact that men should help when it comes to cooking in a marriage. Okay, they should. That was my belief. That was my expectation. And it came from the fact that my dad was his chef who used to cook all the time when I was a kid. So when I got married and I discovered that my husband could not cook to save his life, I was seriously dumbfounded. Like, honestly, it had never crossed my mind that men might not be able to cook. And this was something that used to frustrate me and really annoy me in my early days of marriage because I slightly resented the fact that he wasn't helping with his portion of the chores, cooking, and he genuinely had no interest in ever learning to do so because his skills lay elsewhere. But the problem was this. My manual said men can and do cook a lot. And so here I was faced with this situation that it went against my expectations that I had about life and about the way relationships work. So in my manual called How the World Should Act and Behave According to Francis, this wasn't matching up. Now here's the funny thing. Another person could have entered that same relationship with my husband and had a mother that was 100% responsible for cooking and a dad who actually didn't know how to cook to save his life. And so this revelation of my husband not knowing how to cook wouldn't have registered a bleep on her system. In fact, she would have thought, yep, that matches my manual perfectly. I love cooking. I want to do it all myself without the contribution of my husband. So all is good. And never once would she have felt the frustration that I felt with the fact that he didn't know how to cook. And weirdly enough, just so you know, the reason that he never learned how to cook was because that is actually how it was in his parents' marriage. Now, his parents are the most fabulous people ever, but she was the homemaker and his dad definitely not. So that's why his manual has no mention of needing to cook in a marriage. Okay. That's how come we've come to this relationship with two different expectations. So when you think about all the things that frustrate you in your life, heaps of those issues, those frustrations, those annoyances are going to come from the fact that what's written in your manual about the expectations you have in this world won't necessarily be matching up with other people's manuals. So you might get upset because your husband wants to spend hours with his friends and your manual says, no, he should actually want to spend all his time with me. Or you might get annoyed with your kids because your manual says they should get started on their homework early, but they instead choose to procrastinate and leave things to last minute. Or you might get sad because your friends sometimes leave you out and your manual says, well, being left out means you're unloved or unworthy. We think that the words that are written in our manual are the ultimate truth in this world and the right way to live, forgetting that there are people in this world that have different words written in their manuals, and such as like it might be totally healthy for a husband to want to socialize with his friends for a couple of hours every weekend, or it's totally natural that kids want to procrastinate or avoid schoolwork. And it might be totally okay to you that friends don't have to live in each other's pockets. In our manual, we might have written that it's totally okay to have lots of different groups of friends and it has no bearing on our worth when they choose to do something different with different people. 
So these people who have different ideas and expectations written in their manual about life might not get upset about the things that you do, but chances are something else will. So how does this information relate to you right now? And how can you use it to help you on your journey in life, especially when it comes to dreaming bigger? Well, for starters, awareness is always the first step to overcoming any obstacle that you face in life. And this is where it helps to know that we're all carrying around these invisible manuals in our pockets everywhere that we go. These manuals are jam-packed with so much this is right and this is wrong stories that we've written ourselves as documentarians traveling through life. And we've got these like bonus checklists at the end of every chapter that summarize how people should behave and this is how they shouldn't. And when they don't behave in the way that we like, this is what we're going to do. So in our heart of hearts, this manual is our truth. And when people don't want to read or abide by our manual rules because they think theirs is better than ours, we get upset. We want to shout, you know what? Your manual's wrong, but if you follow my manual, then everything would be perfectly okay. And I would never get upset about anything with you. And we could live happily ever after. I would never get angry. I would never get upset if everyone in this world just followed my fabulous manual, which is the right one in my eyes. All of the stuff that you guys have written in your manual is wrong, but what I've written is correct. Now, here's the funny thing. I'm going to give you credit for that last point. Your manual is right in your eyes because you wrote the manual based on your experiences in life. But not everyone has lived your life. We need to remember that while you are authoring your own manual, Other people are off living their own lives with their own virtual pen and paper in hand. They are making their own judgments, they're forming their own opinions, they're having different experiences, and they're deciding what they believe is right and wrong based on these different experiences that they're having. So this is the first step to understanding this manual analogy. We all have a life manual, and it is true to us. Someone can have a manual written where they think that physical punishment is the most effective method of disciplining children based on their own experiences. And you could think that's the craziest thing ever. Other people might have manuals that say cheating is normal or getting married at 18 is the best thing to do or sleeping with someone before marriage is a sin. And those beliefs will feel totally true to them, even if they aren't true to you. Here's the thing. You had the chance to write whatever you pleased in your own manual, just like they had the opportunity to write in their own manual whatever words they please. And every manual is true in the author's eyes. That being said, I want to mention two important things about these so-called life manuals that we carry around. Now, now that we know that every human in this world carries around these invisible manuals in life and we make decisions based off these manuals, I want to encourage you to recognize that this could be the reason why people think and feel and behave differently from the way that you do. Even if it doesn't feel right to you, it could be perfectly right to them. So if someone behaves in a way that is totally disrespectful or rude or you think it's selfish, it could just be that their life experiences as a total have led them to that moment, guided by a manual that felt true to them, and that is what they think is the right way to behave to them, not to you, just to them. To them, it doesn't matter that their story doesn't feel true to you. They don't need to justify their actions. They're the author of their own manual and you're the author of yours. So it might possibly be helpful to add a little side note to the manuals that we all carry around, which just includes this little sentence. My manual is applicable to me only because everyone else in this world has written their own manual on life. Now for the second important point that I want to bring up today. I want you to know that as the author of your manual, you have the opportunity to go back and edit anything that you don't like. 
You know, absolutely don't need to change anything if you're living this life that fully supports you. But if there are little things that need tweaking, then remember you hold the pen and you can rewrite whatever you don't like in your manual at any point in time. So even though it might feel like some of those chapters that you wrote years ago are set in stone, the truth is that you can always pull out the correction fluid or grab an eraser and get to work on changing the bits that you don't like. Change it a million times if you need to. Remember, this manual is yours and yours alone. No one else particularly cares to read your manual because they've got their own one to carry around, remember? So you might as well make your personal life manual the best one possible and the one that supports you in this journey. So if you read your manual and you discover that you've written yourself as this victim, you can always go back and make yourself the hero of the story. If you like some chapters and others sucked, go back and rewrite the ones that you don't like. If the money chapter has kept you stuck in a life of scarcity, change its focus to one that encourages more abundant thinking. If your relationship chapter has led to you not maybe trusting people in this world, maybe you can go back and edit it and just make note of the fact that there are lots of healthy relationships in this world where people have trustworthy partners. Remember, your mind will search for evidence of truth in this world. So if you're steadfastly holding on to these negative beliefs that aren't serving you, you are going to find evidence for that. So if your beliefs are, well, one person cheated on me, so everyone else will cheat on me. Or kids who procrastinate or talk back are destined to be delinquents or failures. Or maybe you have this belief that risk is really scary, so you need to stay in the same job forever, even if you're not really happy. If you're holding on to these thoughts and beliefs and you have them in your manual, you are going to find evidence of these things in the world because that's the power of our thoughts. They will impact your feelings, that are going to influence your actions, and eventually that's the result you're going to have in your life, and it almost becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. So remember, you are the author of that book, and I promise you, I have written over 20 books, and I can assure you that words can be changed at any point in time. Even if you had a book printed out in hard copies, that's just the first edition or the second edition. There's no reason why changes can't be made to the future editions of your manual. So for me, as an example, I just chose to add this line to my relationship chapter that said, partners can be totally sweet and lovely even if they don't know how to cook. And I also added this little side note that said, each partner will bring his or her own strengths to a relationship and that we may not necessarily recognize these strengths from the outset, but they're there nonetheless if we keep our eyes open for it. So just by adding those little side notes, it just took away so much of the frustration and annoyance that I was feeling in my relationship. So I'm constantly adding and revising my manual as I grow older to ensure that my manual is serving me and supporting me in the way that I need to be supported. So just to give you an example of another thing that I had to change in my manual, my mum was a stay-at-home mum, a fabulous stay-at-home mum. So I had to go back and rewrite a few lines in my parenting chapter that said, well, mums can be totally wonderful and present even if devote time to their work or growing their business. My manual also loved to rave about the importance of hard work. Okay, and it took me years before I added a few lines to this chapter about how it's actually okay to sit down and have a break sometimes and do nothing, just sit and relax and rest, that I don't always have to be doing something to have value or worth. And that was actually a really tough change for me to make because my manual spoke a lot about the importance of having something to show for your time. I hadn't actually written anything in my manual about the importance of rest and sitting and having a break. And so that was something that I actually needed to add myself. So remember, my friend, you hold that pen in your hand. Your manual can be edited and re-edited at any time. And yes, some of the stories might seem as if they're written in permanent ink, 
But that's where you get to pull out that correction fluid and write over those old words. And sure, they might not like totally disappear. There might always be this little faint trace that you can see of those old words that you had there before. But at least you're making a step to make changes in your manual that are going to serve you better. So I encourage you to own a manual that you actually love without insisting that everyone else needs to read it too. Now, sure, you can share some of your stories with others, especially your partner and family, if you think that that will help them to understand you better. But do so knowing full well that they've got their own manual in life. And maybe you can ask to see what's written in theirs without making any judgments. Remember, compassion and acceptance comes from understanding that everyone in this world has their own manual. Every single person that you see on the streets or out and about, they have their own manual and those manuals aren't there for you to judge. No copy can ever be deemed to be right or wrong because they're simply everyone's individual truth. And it isn't your job to force other people to change their story. It isn't your job to decide that your chapter on relationships is better than the chapter that your partner's written on relationships. Simply is what it is. And yes, it's true that lots of our grief and frustration in life comes from our manuals not necessarily matching up with other people's story, but that's cool. The goal is with your friends and family and all those people that are really important to you, that the manuals will sort of match up, that they'll have a similar vibe, but it's all about understanding and respecting each other's manuals, even if they are different, and knowing that we're all doing the best that we can in our world. Now, I'm going to end this episode with one of my favorite quotes, and it's by Rebel Thriver who said, when writing the story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen, and the same applies to your manual. You get to decide what goes in your life manual and other people get to decide what goes in theirs. So I hope you found this little analogy on having a life manual useful. For me personally, I find that just thinking about it in this way, that we all have a different manual, that they don't always match up, just helps remove so much of my frustration in life, knowing that even my kids have a different manual, my partner has a different manual, my parents do. Every single person that you face will have different rules and instructions and expectations written in their manual. And when you truly understand that your book isn't right, that it just feels right to you, but you can't force anyone else to read your manual, life just becomes so much easier. So as always, thank you so much for being with me on this episode. I really do love and appreciate you all, and I cannot wait to catch you on the next episode. Until later, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.